0: Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. have faith Jesus taught that if we just had faith the size of a mustard seed this much of faith we can move mountains and having faith in God is so powerful it's changed my life it's changing the world it's just amazing what having faith in God can do faith can change everything but today faith's going to take a back seat to the only thing that is greater than faith In fact, in all of the Bible, there are only two topics that God gives an entire chapter to. need you to hear this. There's only two topics in all of the Bible that God dedicates an entire chapter to. One is faith. That's Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is all faith. And this one right here is 1 Corinthians 13, and it's the chapter of love. Some of you got excited about that. You know what today represents? How God has loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Everything about today is all about the love of God. This book we have in our hand is not just a book. It's a love letter written from God to you. I need you to get in there with me today. Tell somebody already, get up. You already had your coffee. Get in there with them. Get in there with them. You got to pay attention. We're already preaching. Amen? Amen. Now we're getting ready to read 1 Corinthians 13. Here we go. Paul says... Though I may speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and I have all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I can even move mountains, but if I have not love, I am nothing. Look at that. And watch this. And though I bestow all of my goods, that simply means to give. If I give all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I even give my body to be burned for somebody. But if I have not love, it profits me nothing. Is that what your Bible says? Then he says... Love suffers long. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not all puffed up. Talking about look at me. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Or one translation, actually, the actual word means keeps no record of wrong. Let me say that again. Love keeps no record of wrong. This kind of love. Say it over here. Love keeps no record of wrong. That's powerful. This is why this is one of the greatest chapters in all of literature is 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 6 says it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. The New Living Translation says it never gives up. It never gives up, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, period. Verse 13 says, in all of the world, there abides three things in God's economy. It now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is faith. Hope is Love. I want to talk to you today about the greatest thing on earth love is the greatest there's nothing greater than the love that we're going to talk about here today father thank you for your word i pray your blessing upon our time on this service have your way in our life have your way in our hearts change us i pray in jesus name amen s3 people do you have that kind of love and you can be seated go ahead and grab a seat do you have that kind of love Faith is wonderful as it is. I preach a lot about faith. Faith is wonderful. Churches are made of faith. Jesus taught about faith is the greatest thing on, on earth. But here comes love. And Jesus says, out of faith and having hope, I've talked about hope. I think it's important that you have hope. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on hope and using God's given us an imagination, which is an ability to um, vision, envision things that hasn't happened yet. People that need to get healed, you need to have a hope and an expectancy to see yourself being healed and, and delivered. And I saw myself when I was 25 years old. I saw myself serving the Lord when I was in my 40s. I saw myself serving the Lord even now in my 50s and 60s. I don't know about you, but I'm in this for life. You got to see yourself doing that. You got to see yourself living on hopes, powerful faith is powerful. And then he writes here and he says, what is greater than all of that is love. Why? Because faith can change your situation, but only love can change your heart. Faith can move mountains, but only God, only love can move people. If I can get you to believe in Jesus, I can get you saved. If I can get you to love Jesus, you'll stay saved. You'll stay believing. You'll stay in the faith. You'll stay following after him. This is my 22nd Easter this year. I got saved when I was in my early 20s, and I've been doing this for a minute. What has kept me so long is my faith, yeah, but really my love is the love that I have for Jesus. So when I first read this, you may be like me when you read this chapter. If you're honest, you're going to say, man uh, never keeps record of wrong. Uh, that love is pretty steep. I, I just don't know if I have that kind of love. How many would say I struggle with that kind of love? How many would say I, I've never really had that kind of love shown to me? That's not the love. How many know what I'm saying? We, we kind of look at that and we go, ah, uh, uh, love sounds good. Pastor Eddie, but I don't know if I got this kind of love. Well, you don't, you see in our English language, you don't really need to know a lot of Greek to read the Bible, but you do need to understand Jesus didn't speak English when he was on earth. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I thought you knew that. Amen. Okay. Look, he didn't speak English. And so we only have the word love in our English language and we use it for everything. We love it. We use it for our ham. We're going to eat today. How many's going to eat some ham today? How many's going to smash it? Amen. Mashed potatoes and gravy and greens and beans and all that and pickled eggs. Amen. My mama made me some pickled eggs. God is good. Amen. I love them things. And I say, I love them. And I, and I also say, I love my mom who made the eggs. Now, do I love my mom the same as I love the eggs? No, but I only have the one word love. And so I use it for everything. And so we kind of cheapen the meaning of that word love, right? You got people telling you, I love you. They don't even know me. The pizza man delivered the pizza. and was like, hey, I love you. I'm like, see somebody at the gas station. How you doing? What's up? Love you. Okay, that's the creepy. Stop. You know what I'm saying? We use the word love so much. And so when we look at this, we go, man, I I don't really have that kind of love. And as I said, you don't, because in the Greek language, the language Jesus spoke, there's actually four different words for love and it's broken. And I'm only going to give you two because it's, it's relevant for today. The word that we use most of the time for love is what the Bible calls phileo. Everyone say phileo. Didn't think you're going to learn Greek in church today, but you are. You need to know this. Philéo it means brotherly love, friendships, and it's very conditional. The city of Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Philadelphia philéo is the Greek word that it originates where it gets the term. This is the word we usually use most of the time when we say I love you, and it's good. We need to have brotherly love, but it's very conditional. It's it's very you know I love you because kind of love. I love you because you've done this, because you look good, or you smell good, or, you know, it's very conditional. It, I love you. That's that kind of love. The love that is here that the Bible talks about that will change the world, and if you hear me today, it will change your life forever. This kind of love is not the Greek word phileo. It's a Greek word called agape. Everybody say Agape. Look at y'all speaking Greek in church on Easter Sunday. Agape is God kind of love. It originates in God's character, in his nature. Only God has it. You and I were not born with that kind of love. God has that love. That's why God is able to love me as messed up as I am. You should, okay, thank you for not saying amen, but <laughs> let me say like, that's why God can love you as messed up as you are. Come on. You better get happier. I'm going to ask the person sitting next to you how much love you really need, how nasty you can be. Come on. I know you look good with your church suit on. That's why God can love the unlovable because God, actually the Bible says God is love. It don't even say God has love. It says he is love. In the actual word, it says God is agape. Agape. Let me just show you this. You can take this chapter and replace the word love for Jesus and watch it. Watch it change you. Jesus suffers long and Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade itself. Jesus is not puffed up. And you may say, man, I wish I can live like that. I'm glad you said that because you are. I'm going to show you by the end of this message that you can and you are and you will. How many want that kind of love? How many believe if we really had that kind of love working in our life and in our culture today, we could change the world? How many believe we can change America overnight? That's what I'm talking about. Get a revelation today. Watch this in verse 3. It says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and even though if I give my body to be burned, but if I have not Jesus, it profits me nothing. Hmm. You see that? God is love this kind of love so what does that have to do with today has everything to do with today today we celebrate the resurrection of jesus christ jesus had to raise rise from the dead in order to prove he is the son of God. He had to rise from the dead in order to fulfill prophecy. He had to, uh, we know he had to be crucified. He had to be born actually a Jew and he had to be born in a certain city. He had to be born in a certain family. He had to be born in Nazareth. He had to make the flight to Egypt. All these things that we read about in the Bible, he had to fulfill. And actually one man, the chances of one man fulfilling 12 Of these prophecies is one to the sixteenth power. It's a it it, it'll tickle your brain. I can spend twenty minutes in telling you how accurate Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies. In fact, many atheists and agnostics have always said this story of Jesus is just a fable. It's not real. And then they have been challenged to look into the historical documents, not just the Bible, but the historical documents to see about this Jesus, and they have. Studied it and found out to be true and actually converted their life and become one of the greatest spokesmen of Jesus Christ. Lee Strobel is one of them. Josh McDowell is, a none of them, is another one. Because when you study the prophecies, you're like, man, there's no way this could just happen by uh, chance. It's, it's amazing how it is. So Jesus, uh, all he had to do was really be, uh, it was to suffer, was to be betrayed, was to be crucified, and was to be uh, raised again on the third day. That's all he had to do. No problem, right? Here's my point. Let me say it like this. That's all Jesus really should have had to do and then to complete his job. His job was over. When he rose again, like we celebrate today, early this morning, he rose again. The Bible, there was no more prophecies that he had to fulfill. He could have just, except for ascending, he had to ascend to God the Father. But we have in our Bible... That Jesus stuck around for 40 days and he revealed himself being the risen Lord back from the dead to over 500 people. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, hey, man, they lied on me. They pulled my beard. They spit on me. They smocked me. They they nailed me to a tree. Man, I've had enough of this. I've done enough for these people. And many of them still don't believe in me. They still live their life they want to live. They don't even want me in their life. Man, I'm out. I'm done. I I have finished my job, Father. I've done what you've told me to do, and I'm going to go to heaven. But your Bible says he didn't do that. How many are happy he didn't do that? Bible says he stuck around for 40 more days and he began to reveal himself to people. Why did he do that? Because that's how much he loved. He wanted to show his love. And I believe he had some unfinished business to do. I was going to title this message, Love's Unfinished Business. So I just want to show you two things today and then you can go eat your ham. But please don't minimize what I'm about to tell you. This is life. This is what changed my life was this. I want to show you the first person he appeared to early this morning, today, and the last person he appeared to before he ascended to heaven. Talking about the love, the agape love. Everybody say agape love. You ain't for- okay, you ain't forgot it yet, right? Come on, say it again one more time. Agape. This is a God kind of love. And the person that writes and records both of these stories is who else? No, No one else but John the Beloved. John was the one that knew about the love of God the most. He's the only one that hung around at the cross with the rest of the women while Peter and him ran off. He's the only one. He records these two stories. The first one is in John chapter 20, and it's the story of Mary Magdalene. Now, the Bible says that Mary Magdalene in chapter 20, you can just listen. I have it on the screen. It says, but Mary stood outside by the tomb. This happened this morning. And she was weeping. And she wept as as she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus was. So she looks in. She sees these two angels. She's overwhelmed with grief. And she's sad. And she's so just... um." just overwhelmed with sadness. And she looks and she sees those two angels. She turns around and she looks outside and there is Jesus, but she doesn't recognize Jesus because he looks different and she mistakes him and thinks he's the gardener and says, excuse me, gardener, what have you done with my Lord? Jesus turns around. It's a wonderful story. He turns around and he looks at her and he says one word. He says, Mary. And it wasn't what he said, but it was how he said it. How many know it's not really what you say, but it's how you say it? And it wasn't that he just said Mary. He said it, Mary, with that agape love. She didn't recognize him, but she recognized the agape love. She recognized, oh, I know this voice. Oh, I I know who this person was. This person was the only one that didn't give up on me when everybody else gave up on me. And she looked, and the Bible says she fell to her knees, and she tried to grab him and just hold on. Because you want to hold on to that kind of love. Man, when I first started coming to church, man, I didn't know what it was, but I felt something in there, man. And I told Melinda, I said, man, I don't know what this is, but i want to come back. That's what I pray. I prayed for you today, all four services this weekend, that everybody that came as you drove on the property, you see the little signs out there saying, hey, as you come in here, I pray all that's wonderful. Hope you enjoyed the music. Our worship team's exhausted, <laughs> but we're working hard. But this is what my prayer is for you today. You would encounter the love of God. You would have something on the inside of you that says, man, I don't even understand all of this, but man, it feels good, and I know it feels right, and I don't know what it is, but I just need to get me a little bit more of that. Mary did that. She fell to the ground, and look what she says. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and to your God. I love that. Notice he said, I'm, I'm not going to go to my God and leave you. He said, I'm going to my God and your God, my Father and your Father. Why? Because when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two. There was no more blockage. There was no more. You and I can come to Jesus just the way you are, Jew, Gentile. It don't matter the color of your skin. It don't matter your gender. All you have to do is have faith in Jesus Christ. I put no confidence in the flesh. There's two significant things about Mary that I need you to tell before we move on. The first one is is the fact that it was Mary Magdalene, the woman. I'm going to make some ladies very happy right now with this. Okay, okay, honey, my my, my baby just said, preach it. When I'm done preaching, listen, sometimes you guys encourage me and say that was a good message. But there's only one person I'm waiting to hear how good I did. I look at her and say, honey, how would I do? She'll say, you killed it, baby. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, I got Hold it. Hold it, man. Hold it. It's it's 1130. I'm all mixed up on my services. <laughs> and G- here come Mary. Now you need to understand something. People would try to say that this story of Jesus isn't true. This really debunks that whole theory. Why? Because there is no Jewish author ever that would even invent the idea of the very first person to see Jesus resurrected to be a woman. You need to know something about the ancient culture. Women were not allowed. They did not even believe when women talked. They were not permitted to speak in court. That was Jewish law and Roman law. That's why it says in your Bible, when Mary came back and said, I've seen them, they thought it was a fairy tale. But here's Jesus hanging around on purpose, waiting for the woman, Mary Magdalene. Why? Where was Peter? Where was John? Peter's the one with a sword cutting people's ears. I'm I'm going to serve you forever. He's gone. Why? But Mary, Mary didn't have all that passion only, but she had a pattern. Come on somebody. You remember last week. She just didn't have passion, she had a pattern. In other words, I didn't understand why Jesus died on the cross, but I'm going to come anyway first thing in the morning. And Jesus waited around because he said, "I'm going to make you the very first preacher. I'm going to make you the very first evangelist. You're going to be the very first people person to go and say I'm alive." Come on, all the ladies, are be excited. And man, hey, we need to be secure enough to, be a pre- to appreciate our women. Come on, all the men in the house. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Husband and wives, we're not meant to compete. We're meant to complement. Isn't that right, Seth? Amen. <laughs> Jesus hung around and he said, I'm going to reward Mary's faithfulness by making her the first uh, preacher and the first one to tell the story that I have rose from the dead. Now, you think Jesus accidentally didn't know she was coming? Come on, man. Jesus knew exactly why she was coming. But something popped out on this story I've never heard before, never preached it, never even heard it preached. I want to bring it to you. You heard it first here. The first uh, passage, put that up. I read this and it said that Mary came and she stood outside by the tomb and she was weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body used to be. And I thought that and I thought for a minute, I said, John, why did John include that little detail? He could have simply left that out. He didn't have to tell us that they were sitting down and one at the head and one at the feet come on, John. We don't need to know if the angels were tired and they took a break. They're just sitting on playing cards, Candy Crush or Madden. I don't know what they was doing. Fortnite. I don't know what's happening. Why did John tell us that there were two angels and they were not only sitting, but he said one at the head and one at the feet. The Bible tells us that All scripture is inspired by God. In other words, there is nothing unnecessary in the Bible. Everything in the Bible, you and I will eventually need one time in our life or another. So I began to study this and I looked at it, you know what, there is no mention in the entire Bible. Angels are all in the Bible, but there's never one mention of two angels ever sitting. They're always standing. No angels were ever sitting, not the messengers of God were ever sitting. So I said, that's very unique. And then I looked and John said, well, I wanted to also tell you they're not just sitting. One was at his head. One was at his feet. Now I need you to get this. One was at his head. One was at his feet. One was at his head. One was at his feet. Come on, use that imagination. I preached a couple of weeks ago. I picture two angels sitting there. Now, those of you that know your Bible, what does that look like? I was like, wait a minute. That looks familiar. And I remember when God told Moses, He said, Moses, I want you to make the Ark of the Covenant. Some of you are looking like that man saying, hey, i seen that in Indiana Jones. Let me tell you something. This is not about Indiana Jones. This is the very Ark of the Covenant. This represents the presence of God. And God had Moses make this out of gold. First, it was wood. Wood represents man. Gold represents the divinity. In other words, God says, there's coming a day where I'm going to take a common man, Jesus, and I'm going to clothe him with my divinity. He's going to walk on water. He's going to open blinded eyes. He's going to raise the dead. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to go all the way out of his way. Come on, somebody need to get excited today. Jesus is in the house. That sounds good, Pastor But What about the middle? What about the middle? The middle in the Bible is called the mercy seat. Everybody say mercy seat. Mercy. This is making me so happy. I'm going to listen to this podcast myself, Tanya. It's that good. I'm telling you when you get what I'm saying. This mercy seat was in between the two angels. What was it for? It was for the sins of the people. The priest would take blood from an animal and put it in the mercy seat, and God would atone for it in other words, forgive the sins of the people. The mercy seat is where sin dies. The mercy seat is where addiction loses its hold. The mercy seat is where contention and fighting and jealousy and pride has to die it 's on the mercy seat that the flesh has to die it 's the mercy seat. I need somebody to get excited about the mercy seat today on Easter Sunday. It's where the flesh has got to die. I thought I'd be tired. I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Catch me at 6 o'clock, though. Amen. But I'm going to get them pickled eggs, Steve. We're going to be eating. Hey. So here, here's, uh, here's Mary. I want you to get back into the garden with me. I've been over here in Israel. I've seen this garden. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Mary is in that garden. She's coming in the morning. And look, that, that scripture says she was weeping. She was weeping as she came. She was so overcome with sadness and sorrowful and hopelessness, but she kept going. I want to speak to somebody today at 1130 and say, you may be in here this service today, but you're holding back tears. You got up and you came and you might have even got kids ready, but you're holding back tears. I want to say thank you for coming because you're like Mary. you keep coming. You got to keep plowing. You're pushing back the tears, but you made your way. You keep going because Jesus is waiting on you. He's got a special blessing just for you. Come on. Jesus hung up, hung back and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help Mary out. Mary was a prostitute. Mary had mental disorders. I need you to know Mary Magdalene, the Bible said, had seven demons. Not two. Not three. Seven going up all in here. She was nuts. She was one of them women that said, yes, I have issues. No, she really had issues. But Jesus finds her, goes out of his way. Why? Because he don't have phileo love. He said, I got the agape love. And I'm not just going to diagnose you. I'm just not going to say this. I'm going to give you something that's going to change your life, Mary. In fact, I'm going to see you. You're going to be the first person at my tomb. You don't even know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to hold back just for a minute to give you a revelation of the mercy of God. Here she comes to the tomb. And before Jesus gives her an assignment... Hear me, before Jesus gives her an assignment, he first has to give her that message about the mercy. She's a Jewish woman. She knows exactly what the Ark of the Covenant looks like. And she walked in and she saw those two angels in the mercy seat. You know what God was saying to her? Mary, I want you to know something. When you go back, before Jesus gives you the assignment, I need you to have this in your heart, that even though you guys blasphemed my son, even though you laughed at my son, even though you think Easter is a big joke, even though you don't even believe in Jesus, even though you're not living for Jesus, even though you don't got time for Jesus, even though you're just sitting up in this church listening to this message right now, can't wait till I quit because your mind ain't even here. I want you to know, go back and tell them people that I still love them, that I still got a plan for them. I still got a purpose for them. My mercy is open. Come on, I need you to give praise for 30 seconds. Come on, give him praise. Come on, stand on your feet on Easter Sunday. Give him praise for mercy. Come on, give him praise for mercy today. Mercy is still there. Mercy is still there. Mercy is still there. What is mercy? You can be seated. What is mercy? Steve, I need you again, brother. What is mercy? I had to look it up because I thought mercy, like love. I thought I knew love until I read this. How many know what I'm talking about? You may think mercy, but let me tell you what mercy really is. So I did what every good preacher should do, my due diligence. I asked Siri. (laughs) Siri said, mercy, the definition of mercy is when one has the ability to punish but chooses not to. You remember that game, mercy? This is my little brother. I've been beating him at mercy for thirty-some years. <laughs> What's smart? Remember this game? Remember this, Robert? I, you and Alyssa? I bet Alyssa could probably. I don't know. I ain't gonna say nothing. What do you watch this? What do you do? Mercy? You keep going until that person says <laughs> mercy. <laughs> Where do we go home, brother? We're gonna play in the living room for real. <laughs> I'm gonna put some rings on my finger. But whoa! Well, remember at church? <laughs> What do you do? What do you do? Y'all, you squeeze them fingers until they say mercy. Why? Because you are demonstrating you got power to break. You got power to bring judgment. You got power to hurt, but you choose to let go. I need you to get the kind of love that today represents. Do you realize we killed God's son? You're talking about me. I wasn't there. I was 2,000 years ago. If you were here Friday night, you would learn that, yeah, you were there. Because he would not have went to the cross unless we sinned. How many have sinned? One is here. Thank you, Jesus, for being here. (laughs) I'll remind you. Good Friday, Isaiah 53 said we all have sinned. We all have gone astray. Some of y'all had big sins. Some of y'all had little sins. Some of y'all got sin right now. You're just hiding it, but we all have sinned. I can get a balloon and blow a balloon up and tell you that that represents the law of God. You can shoot that balloon with a 357 and it'll explode or you can take a little needle and pop it. Either one will break it. The Bible says that Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. That's big sins. That's the gun. Pow. But the Bible says he was bruised for our iniquities. That's internal. That's little sins. We call them struggles. I'm in church. I'm just I got a struggle. Will you pray for me? You need to get to the altar and get your flesh under control. That's sin. Maybe a little pop, but it's greed. It's racism, jealousy. Come on, greed. Come on. Well, when we go there, I know I'm messing up your Easter. You're all like, man, I thought he was cool till now. Now he's No, I'm talking about them little sins that we don't like to talk about. I need you to see something today. Before you can appreciate God's mercy, you need to know that what mercy is, and that the fact is, we kill our sin is what put Jesus on the cross. That's why he said, it is finished, meaning my blood is good enough for those that killed me right now and those that will live, even for Eddie Markham, who has lived a life of selfishness and getting just anything he wants to do, he wanted to do. But when he's 25 years old, I'm going to confront him with not phileo love, But with agape love, I'm not going to quit until I get Eddie. I'm going to keep putting people into his life until I get Eddie. I'm going to have Eddie coming out of a party, stoned out of his mind, and he's going to see Pastor Johnny Sands there that's going to tell him, Eddie, God's got a plan for your life. I'm going to see Eddie going to be in jail, but he's going to have our chaplain come to the jail and minister to him. That's going to be me. Can I remind you that those times when you thought God wasn't around, that was the very time God was around. The reason why you're sitting here today is because Jesus has got a plan for your life but on November the 5th Eddie's gonna get it and I will add this Eddie don't know it, but he's gonna be a pastor in Belleville I didn't even know where Belleville was I ain't never been out here I'm a city boy And God, what you got me out here in Belleville. But everyone I looked in the Bible, God took Moses from the palace. He always takes us out of our comfort zone. Why? So you don't have to depend on yourself. You have to depend on him. Man, is anybody getting what I'm saying to you today? (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. It's the mercy. Somebody say mercy. So we all deserve judgment. But Jesus said, my first visit is to Mary because I need her to know something. I need her to know that mercy is new every day. Mercy is still open. Mercy is available every single day. This is why Jesus did it and Jesus took that journey and John records other stories that Jesus went and he and he showed himself to people and he went and showed his nail-scarred hands and people believed and the next uh, ver- the next chapter I don't have time to get into all of that but he goes to his disciples and he shows them his disciples they're hiding out in a room because they're afraid and I love God because God ain't afraid of nobody you may be intimidated to be a Christian but God's not intimidated to love you and he come right up in there. Why? And, and, and the Bible says the doors. I love John. He put a detail and said the doors were locked. Is it that's going to keep God out? I, I God, God can't see what I got on social media. It's only in church. God can't see what I what I'm listening to. God can't see what I'm doing. God can't see my thoughts. I'm God sees it all. Should I give an altar call right now? Somebody going to get saved right now? And he and the doors were locked. John said, and Jesus came right up in there. And he said to Thomas, he made an extra trip just for Thomas because Thomas said, I'm not going to believe in this Jesus until I can see for myself his hands. And Jesus made a round trip, a second trip. Why? Because he had unfinished business. He came back to Thomas, came right up in the room. They were looking like, whoa, I thought you locked the door, Peter. Can't trust you to do nothing. You had one job. And Jesus comes up in there. Why? Because he's got enough to come through any barrier but he's man enough for you to relate and touch him. He said, Thomas, I'm God enough to come in any situation you have. Some of y'all in church right now, you got doors up. Oh, I got. if I had time, I'd tell you about them doors. Unbelief. Oh, I've been hurt. I tried the Jesus thing, and I've been hurt. Some of y'all have been confused on your doctrine. Some of you have been confused on this. You're confused in your identity. Some of you got all kinds. We got all these little issues that try to keep Jesus out. But I got good news for you today. Mercy is open today. Mercy, God just finds a way to come right up in that room. He's all up in your room right now, if you just listen to him. And he's saying, I did all of of this today just for you Woo-hoo. and he's but he said this and then i'm gonna move on and then i'm gonna start to close and i'm not gonna close but i'm gonna close and then i'll close and then finally we'll get out of here about three o'clock okay. just kidding he says this please hear me this is one of the most powerful things i've ever saw he came to thomas and remember thomas said i won't believe unless i see he comes to thomas and he says thomas here's my hand but he makes this statement that I think is profound. He said, Thomas, put your hand in my hand, but when you do it, do it believing. In other words, believing in Jesus is your choice. Jesus said, I did everything else. I can't make you believe. I'm Pastor Reddy. Thank you for coming to River of Life. God bless you. I can do all this. We can preach. We can pray. We have prayed. We have worshiped. We have sung. We have done workouts. I packed a lunch for church today. We've done everything we can do, but I cannot make anybody believe that's on you. Tell somebody that's on you. He said, Thomas, I done went to the cross. Got a big old nail head, big, big old hole in my hand. He said, do it, but do it believing. Examine the evidence. I don't gave you enough evidence. The fact that you're sitting in here listening to my voice is proof and evidence that God's been with you because you should have been taken out. I don't got time to go down that road. Thomas touched his hand, fell to his knees and said, oh, God, oh, my Lord, it is real. Jesus said, blessed are you, Thomas, because you can see me. But more and more, more blessed are those who cannot see me, but yet choose to believe. That's talking about me and you, baby. We're in the Bible. Tell somebody, did you know you're in the Bible? He said, more blessed are those that choose to put their faith in Jesus. Now we move to the last encounter Jesus had before he left and he went to heaven. And man, I'm just now getting going. Help me, Jesus. Might need that Oregon brother, because no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. John ends his climatic experience post resurrection climatic encounter with Peter. Jesus and Peter. Everybody say Peter. How many gonna give me five more minutes? Come on, we gotta give me a little bit more time. Then I'm gonna bring it home. I'm gonna bring it home. This is John twenty one. You can read it later. Let me tell you what happened. Peter was one of those guys that said, Jesus, I'm going to live for you forever, bro. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do this thing. I'm in it. I'm in it. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you're going to deny that you even know me three times tonight. And Peter was like, no, not me. They will all deny you, but I'm not. And by the end of the night, he had denied Jesus three times. We know the story. If not, go read it. It's It's horrible. Peter is so ashamed because he failed. Some of you might have been tried to serve the Lord in your past or even recently, and maybe you've had some issues. This story is for you. I want you to hear what Jesus did. Jesus could have said, hey, I did marry Magdalene. I did that thing for her. The mercy that was deep, that's powerful. Okay, God, I'm out. Now let's go to Thomas. I got to hook Thomas up because Thomas is going to change India. I got to change these boys. But Peter, man, he denied me. In my darkest moment, he betrayed me. To my face. The Bible says they locked eyes when he denied them the third time. And if he, if Jesus had phileo love, he would have been like, Peace. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll love you, but when you do me wrong, baby, I mean, like, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's phileo. We all have it. But Jesus says, When you do me wrong, I'm gonna love you anyway. Because love, this kind of love, never keeps record of wrong. So I got one more little trip. Heavenly Father, before I come back, one more little trip. And I I got to go see my boy Peter. Pete. Got to go see Pete. I know where he's at. He went fishing, which represents his old life. Nothing wrong with fishing. But for Peter, it represented the old life. Peter done said, man, forget this Jesus and this church stuff. I'm out. It's summertime. It's April 21st. What? I'm going back. And he went back because he had phileo love he had that conditional love. Only serve Jesus when I need something. I'm just trying to be real with you today to see something. But I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to go make another trip for him anyway. He comes to the seashore. When we were in Israel, we went there to the very Sea of Galilee. awesome. I read this devotion on the boat where he come walking on the water and all that was awesome. It was that same sea of Galilee. Peter sees Jesus and he's on the seashore and he recognizes his voice because Peter says to him, Jesus says to him, throw your net on the other side. I don't have time to explain all of that, but he, he did the same thing Mary did. He recognized the love in his voice. Your Bible says Peter jumped into the water and swam 110 yards. That's passion. How many of y'all can swim? How many of y'all would drown in a cup of water? (laughs) I don't know if Peter could swim or not, but I want you to see something. Peter was so desperate to get to Jesus, man. He dove in. He swam. I need you to see this. He comes up crawling on the seashore. He's wringing wet of water, and he looks up at Jesus. Jesus looks different. He's in his glorified body, which will be the same body we get when we go to heaven. It's a new body. How many can say amen to that? I just had a birthday, people, and I'm telling you, I can't wait. I haven't exchanged parts yet. My mom just got her knee done. She says, honey, it's like exchanging parts. I got to go get a new part. When you get, these old bodies fall apart. <clears throat> Better say amen because I, you know we all do that. Anyway, here comes Jesus, and he looks at Peter. Peter looks at him. He looks different, but he looks at him. And, Peter, and Jesus asks Peter three questions, which we all know it is to reinstate Peter because Peter denied him three times. How many say, I know what you're talking about. He says to him, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. Don't put it up yet. He says, do you love me? He said, yeah, I love you. He says it secondly, do you love me? He said it again. Then Jesus said it a third time. In Peter's heart, he was saddened because Jesus asked him three times. Jesus did that because Peter denied him three times. So Jesus was giving him an opportunity to prove he loved him by giving him a second chance. That's a great story. We usually end it right there and we go home. I told you, but I'm not closing yet. Now you know the Greek words. Did you forget them already? Phileo. What's the other one? Oh, look at you. Preach it to the preacher. Now, now that we have that knowledge, let's read what Jesus really said in the actual language. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, son of Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, which, by the way, Simon was his name before Jesus changed it to Peter. So he said, hey, not Peter. You're acting like the old Peter, you know, the Peter before me and you met. So I'm not going to call you by your new name because you're acting like your old self. So i ain't going to call you Peter. I'm going to call you Simon. (laughs) Simon, son of Jonah. They didn't have last names. They always called you after your father. I'd be Eddie, son of Paul. For real. He says, look, Jesus said, do you agape? Peter said, you know, I phileo. Ah. So Jesus asked him a second time. Peter, do you agape? Do you have that same kind of love that I have for you? Do you have that kind of passion, that same kind of love that I have for you? Peter said, Lord, you know, I just have phileo. It's kind of like saying it like this. Jesus was saying, do you love me? And Peter was saying, I like you. Many of y'all like Jesus. And I used to like Jesus. He's my homeboy. I sit there, you know, at the party and I'd be talking about, yeah, I pray. I go to jail at night. That was my regular routine. I'd be praying. I'd be calling on Jesus because I believed I remember having this conversation one time, and, and this guy, me and him, were talking, and I said, man, I believe in Jesus. And he goes, well, do you love him? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Even the devil believes. So all you have is devil-level faith. I ain't getting no help up in here. So I was like, woo. You see how I dropped it in there, baby? I dropped it. I'm going to walk over here now, because that was heavy. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I got to challenge you. This is what we do at River of Life. Tell your neighbor, this is a river thing. Ask your other neighbor, are you river ready? I know it's Easter, but we get real. I'm almost done. I promise. Sherry, I'm almost done, honey. I'm coming to an end. This is it. What Jesus says the third time will blow your mind. Are you ready? Jesus then looks at Peter and instead of saying, do you love me with that agape love? Watch Jesus. Jesus said, do you love me with phileo love? Peter was grieved. This is why Peter was grieved because Jesus brought his love down to his level. I need you to get this. Peter said, Lord, I'm ashamed. But yes. And then what did he say? Feed my sheep. Here's my point about the agape love. Here's the point of what today represents. This is what Easter is all about. It's not about Easter eggs and bunnies and purple and this and that. It's all about what I'm about to tell you right now. Jesus came to Peter and Jesus is coming to you right now. And he says, Peter, even though you don't love me as much as I love you, I want you to know that I still have the kind of love that's able to come down to your level and love you just the way you are. I still love you in all your brokenness. I still love you in all of your fickleness. You're in one minute. You're out another. I want you to know that I'm going to bring my is my good enough to come down to your level. You may not come to my level yet, but I'm going to come down to your level and love you just the way you are. Feed my sheep. Come on, somebody. Get it today. Get it today. He said, I still want you to feed my sheep. I still want you to go. I still want to use you today. I want you to join Mary and you're always going to change the world. And as I said, I'm not done yet. That's good. But this is why Jesus hung around and why he didn't go to heaven. The Bible says, that he had to do something about Peter. He had to do something about the rest of the disciples. He had to do something about our phileo love, our conditional love. So the Bible says this. He said he showed himself, his hands and his side to his disciples. And when they saw it, they were glad. Watch this. Then Jesus takes them outside to the city and he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5 says, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, watch this, agape love comes into your heart. Can I tell you that Jesus said to Peter, I know you don't love me the way I love you, but before I go to heaven, I'm going to give you, not just show you my love, I'm going to give you my love so you can change the world, so you can make a difference, so you can live for me. Because faith will help you believe in God, but love will help you live for him. I said, faith is good. It'll help you believe. But love, if you get the agape love, it'll help you live for him. He'll be back next week. Tell somebody I'm coming back next week. Now, don't lie in church. 22 years. Why, why do I keep coming back? Because I don't have filet or fickle love. I've got the agape love. But don't be mad. Don't be sad. Don't be disappointed. He wants you to have it too. Yeah. This is the love that God wants to give into our life. This is the love that today represents. This is the love that Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit onto those disciples. So you can receive the Holy Spirit and breathe the love of God into your situation. Oh. You can breathe the love of God into that marriage. You can breathe the love of God into your loneliness, into your singleness, your depression, your anxiety, your addiction, your inside out, all your insecurities. Let me tell you something. You can breathe the love of God right into that once you receive His love, and it'll begin to leave you. It'll begin to lift. Why? Because it's at the mercy seat. I need somebody to get excited about that today. Come on. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, that agape love. So you didn't know when you was going to come to Easter service today at River of Life that you was going to receive a gift, but you did. Some of you is looking around right now. Did he talk about them flowers? Because they will look good on my table. You can have one if you want one. Easter's over. We can't really keep them but I want to give you something greater than a flower that's going to last for a couple of months I want to give you more than just a little scratch on a religious itch that we came to church punched our card, I want to give you something that's going to end up lasting you for a lifetime that will be passed on to your children to your children's children that will change your life, change your mind change your spirit, change your attitude change the trajectory of your life Pastor Eddie I got some addictions in my life good because I'm not only a spokesman I'm also a client I used to live in a garage there was a time in my life when I slept in a garage I lived in the garage totally messed up on my mind stone cold hated rebellion hated any authority figure in my face loved to do whatever I felt like doing but 25 years old that all changed did you get religious Pastor Eddie no don't call me that you can keep all that I got a relationship with Jesus Christ and that agape love changed my whole world you can have it too it's that easy we're about to go home may never hear a message like this ever again you come back to River of Life you will we do this every week Steve don't we He's still mad at me because I beat him in mercy, but he'll get over it. How many need this agape love today? How many need this agape love today? Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads right now. I'm about to give you an opportunity to make one of the most important, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. I believe we make two of the most important decisions. One is who we marry. (laughs) I don't have time for that one. The single most important that's better than that is choosing Jesus. I don't care how much money you make, where you work, all good important decisions. The two you're gonna make that's gonna change your life forever is who you marry and who you choose to serve. And the one who you choose to serve will impact you for an eternity. If you haven't found out, life is short. When I offer you right now, agape love, the spirit of God, it's going to come into your heart and he's going to change your life forever. All you have to do is be like Thomas, be like Mary and be like Peter and just receive it. Say yes to it. Let it change your life. Then make some decisions in your life. Make some changes in your life. Let God clean you up. Just like when we got married, my wife and I got married. I didn't go out acting like I wasn't married. (laughs) I acted like I was married. That's why we're married for 26 years. Same thing with Jesus. You may not feel nothing. You may not see an angel. You may not have this big dramatic experience. But if you will say these words that I'm about to tell you to, it'll change your life. And then you act like a Christian the rest of your life, and he'll change you. If you're here today with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and you say, Pastor Eddie... I need that love of God in my life. I don't have them in my life, and I need them in my life. Raise your hand. Put your hand up. I don't have them in my life like that, but I need them in my life. Need them in my life. Hands up everywhere. Hands up everywhere. Amen. 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 I of mean, you here and you got agape love, but you need to get it stirred up. You've been walking in the phileo love. You know better. You need to get uh, that agape working again in your life. Okay, that's the Christians. That's the believers. Amen. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. But I want those of you that raised your hand the first time, that you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you really mean business, if you are really true, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in front of people, I'll be ashamed of you in front of the Father. And so I really challenge people to do this. It'll help you. If you raised your hand and you need Jesus, I want to encourage you to get out of your seat and come right up. Here into the front and stand with me. I want to pray with you. Come on, church. Let's let's encourage them on Easter Sunday. If you lifted up your hand, I want you to come. Come on, this come on. You may need to move out of the aisle and let them out of the aisle. Let them up. This is what we do on Easter. Come on, honey. Come over here. Yes. Yes, Jewel. Amen. Amen, brother. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Anyone else? Come on. Anyone else? Come on up. Anyone else? Come on up. Come on, up. Come, on up. come on. Come on you ready to surrender. That love of God's on going to come in your life. Anyone else before we pray? Come on. I see you just close your eyes and just focus on Jesus. I'm going to wait another minute. There were some more hands that went up. Come on, don't let this be like another Easter, another Sunday. God needs you. He can use you. He went all, over, all the way out of his way for Peter. Is there one more? Is there one more? Holy Spirit, come, come. Draw them today in this place. Draw them in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bring your sorrows and is calling we we'll come to the altar the Father's arms forgiveness the spot with the precious blood of Jesus, Jesus Christ okay y'all did it Y'all made that step. Jasmine, I want you guys to picture yourself like Peter or for Martha or Mary. I I don't know who you identify the best with in that message today. But I want you just to close your eyes. I want to picture you imagine Jesus standing right there in front of you right now. And He's not judging you. He knows we've all made mistakes. He is rooting for you. He is rooting for you and he wants to change your life forever. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You can repeat it as well. Mean it from your heart. We're gonna ask God to forgive us of our sin, come into our life and change us forever. That's what Easter's all about. Are you ready? I want you to say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that I heard today. Thank you for Jesus, for dying for my sins, for I am a sinner. I have sinned, and I ask you today to forgive me. I repent. I turn from it today. Help me today to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him some praise today. Yes. Father, I pray for every one of them up here. Father, I pray for every single one of them today. God, I pray that you would baptize them in your love, fill them with your spirit. Let them be born of your spirit. Let the change begin to happen. It's already started in him. I pray it continues. Let Let it continue in all of their life. Change them forever. God, in the name of Jesus, you've got a plan and a purpose for them. Use them. I pray over them in Jesus' name. The rest of you lift both hands to the Lord right now. Father, I pray that this agape love, we will walk in it. We will walk in it. Help us to choose to walk in it. We have the ability. These are Christians up in here. Father, help us to not follow the flesh But follow your spirit In Jesus' name I pray, amen Amen, God bless you, have a great Easter Thanks for listening We trust that God has spoken to you Through today's message If you would like to know more about our church Or if you would like to help support the ministry Please go to www.rol-ag.org River of Life, Assembly of God A church of His presence, His presence his promises in all people.